Welcome back to another episode of Huddle On Daily. As we start this episode, this will be the final episode of Season 1, Episode 17. And just like to say, as I start off, thank you to all my listeners. And uh, not only thank you for listening, but following me and for supporting me. Um, Emotional support and... Any of the other support that you've given me. So, the first story that we have today is from Bloomberg.com, titled, Say Goodbye to Banking as We Know It. China is poised to launch the first national digital currency. There will be no counting the disruption. Andy Mukherjee is a Bloomberg opinion columnist covering industrial companies and financial services. He previously was a columnist for Reuters Breaking Views. He has also worked for The Straits Times, ET Now, and Bloomberg News. And this is what he has to write. So, is China ready? readying its own Bitcoin? Banish the thought. It's far bigger than that. Yes, just like any other cryptocurrency, or for that matter, cigarettes and prisoners of war camps, the upcoming digital digital yuan, or yuan, will be, quote, tokenized money. But the similarity ends there. The crypto yuan, which may be on an offer as soon as 2020, will be fully backed by the central bank of the world's second-largest economy, drawing its value from the Chinese state's ability to impose taxes. Other national authorities are bound to embrace this powerful idea. Little is known about the digital yuan, except that it's been in the works for five years and Beijing is nearly ready to roll. The consensus is that the token will be a private blockchain, a peer-to-peer network for sharing information and validating transactions, with the People's Bank of China in control of who gets to participate. To begin with, the currency will be supplied via the banking system and replace some part of physical cash. That won't be hard, given that the presence of Chinese QR code-based digital wallets such as Alipay and WeChat Pay. It may start small, but the digital yuan can disrupt both traditional banking and the post Bretton Woods' system of floating exchange rates that the world has lived in since 1973. No wonder that for China, blockchain and the yuan digital currency are a national strategic priority, almost at the level of the internet. So backing away from that story just for a bit, I'm not going to finish all of the opinion part of that story, but I do... Obviously, you can't answer me, but I do want you to kind of reflect on that. How do you feel about um, China uh, possibly being the first country to digitize its currency? And I'll go even one step further. How much more does that make the space, the crypto space, 
seem that much more real to you if you were just entering the space or learning about the space to know that, granted, it's not Bitcoin that's doing this, but that another country, the second biggest, probably one day the biggest down the line, is starting to put its own currency one day on its own blockchain and centralizing it. Of course, Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of the others are decentralized. But how does that make you feel? And where do you stand now knowing that if you hadn't known that before? All right, so our second story is from and this uh, website. Don't let the website name trick you. Website name is CryptoPotato.com. Name of the story, though, Ripple, not just a story, but the news. Ripple expands South American presence with Brazilian partnership. Ripple, the company behind the third largest cryptocurrency, XRP, will be reportedly expanding its presence in Brazil. Just months after it launched new operations in the country, Ripple is expected to announce new partnerships with other major institutions, such as digital banks. Ripple is planning to expand its presence in Brazil with new significant partnerships next year. According to a recent report, it states that after signing previous deals with large banks in the country, such as San with large banks in the country, such as Santander, Bradesco, and Rendimento. I don't know those banks, but of course I don't live in Brazil. Ripple wants to start utilizing XRP for remittance payments. So the company's managing director in Brazil spoke about the country's potential for substantial growth in the next few years. And this individual says... With successive advances in Brazilian banking regulation to facilitate financial transactions, including international opportunities, here will grow greatly in the coming years. So they are being very optimistic about the growth and what this company, um, obviously, and the technology can do for them. Earlier this year, Ripple launched operations in Brazil, intending to expand further, not only in the country, but in the whole South American region. At this point, Saco, which was that individual that quoted earlier, noted that Brazil is among the leads in fintech innovations, and RippleNet's introduction would allow for excellent, efficient cross-border payment experiences for their customers. Now, personally, um, when it comes to uh, technology like Ripple, XRP, XRapid, all the things that the Ripple company has available, I'm still more of a person that, and you know, I'm just more decentralized. I think of XRP and all the technology that Ripple has. It's it to me, and this is just me, this is not financial advice, but it just seems to be almost too centralized. Um, a lot of banks, not a lot, but there are a number of banks um, that are already 
signed up for this technology. They're already processing with this technology. There are banks in Japan, of course, Brazil, and other ones in the throughout the world. But there are some in the United States that are already um, signed up or are using. So this is definitely going to be a more um, focused technology. Although when you look at this type of technology and you say, well, I prefer this coin or I prefer that coin, just know that all these, um, they one day will probably be working with each other, um, whether it's being able to use them upon the same blockchain or using the technologies together to be able to um, come out with the same, uh, you know, just w you look at Ethereum and there are different things done on Ethereum and it's not just because Ethereum is used as a payment source. So don't think that one day you're not going to be using some type of Ethereum, Bitcoin or Litecoin technology on Ripple because it's probably, I mean, on XRP or XRapid because it probably will be happening. All right, well, that's going to pretty much wrap it up and uh, be it for this episode. If you have not listened to me before, um, well, my episodes are about 10 minutes long or about one day it'll probably be longer, but right now I try to cater to the fact that I pick a certain amount of stories, subject matter, I talk about them, try to get in, get out, try to inform you, give you my opinion, not financial advice, but I try to let you know my standpoint and try to make you decide what the real deal is. Try to you know, real, make you realize that you also need to not only listen, but you need to look into some things on your own. I would like to say, though, thank you very much for your patronage. And thank you for following me. Thank you for listening. We are done with season one. Of course, it's only been 17 episodes, but we just started in the last half of 2019. So we're going to start season two in 2020 just right around the corner in a couple days. If you have an opportunity, stop by and uh, follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram. Primarily, though, I'm on Twitter. I do post more uh, news stories on Twitter. I'm more active on that. But I do like to focus most of this one-on-one, -on -one, me talking to you, does happen here on the podcast. So thank you again. And I'll talk to you soon.